This is Trinity Sunday. And so, in the past, I've tried to explain the Trinity. <laughs> it is a mystery, but it is, it is true. When you read the Bible, the Trinity is everywhere. The word Trinity is not used, but the Trinity is everywhere. And I wanted to look at some of those places. Um, God is one, but God is in relationship with himself. He doesn't need us. He didn't create us because he was lonely. Uh, some people would say that, oh, he's lonely. No, he had a relationship with himself, the, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the love between them, as St. Augustine so adeptly put it. Now, that still doesn't really scratch the surface of what the Trinity is. But know this, it is very important for our salvation that God is a Trinity. If God were just one arbitrary God, you wouldn't be assured of your salvation at all. Um, if there were no Son, well, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. God the Father is a vast mind. He is, a, he is the creator of the universe. He is the creator of everything. He is the creator of you. He is the creator of this earth. He is the creator of all life. He... He invented the DNA in the cell. He came up with all the complexity of life. And he sustains everything that exists. That's amazing. The Son is the Redeemer. The Son volunteered to save us. Because God gave us free will. He knew that we would sin. And of course we did. And God, from the foundation of the earth, planned with the Son and the Holy Spirit, here's the plan of salvation that's going to happen. We're going to need to do this because man is going to sin. But redeemed humanity is good. Redeemed humanity is better than a humanity that never fell. That sounds kind of weird to say. But yes, we need to go through hell to get to heaven. And then a redeemed humanity functions better in God's kingdom than a humanity that just blindly followed, never had free will, never sinned, never fell. So the plan was put in place for Christ to redeem humanity. And he did. Then the Holy Spirit sanctifies the people that are saved by Christ's redemption. He applies Christ's salvation to God's children. Okay? God the Father, creator, the mastermind behind everything. God the Son, redeemer, dying in fallen humanity's place. God the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, the cleanser, applying that salvation to us as we live on earth. And I'll get to how we can tell at the end. But I want to look at these places in here. First we have the baptism of Jesus. Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have no need to be baptized by you. Sorry, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, 
For in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And there's the Holy Spirit. So the sun comes out of the, out of the water. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, white purity, symbol of cleansingness. And behold, a voice out of the heavens, the Father, calls down, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The mastermind of the plan speaks. The Redeemer has come out of the water, he's been baptized, and the Holy Spirit has now commissioned him to fulfill his destiny. That's the three, the Trinity at work. So here is all the proofs that the Trinity is all through here. At the end, we looked at this. I just read this. Christ says to his disciples, All authority has been given to me by whom? The Father. Has been given all authority in heaven and earth, have been given to the Son. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've got the Trinity there. How will they be able to baptize people and, and preach to them and make disciples? The Holy Spirit. Can't do it without the Holy Spirit. The God can commission all he wants. The Son can give the command all he wants. But if we don't have that third part of the Trinity working with us, our words don't make any sense. We don't understand this, this Bible. And when the words come out, they won't, they won't make any sense to anybody else. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, son, Christ is at the Father, at the side, of, at the right hand of the Father. But He's with us too, because He's with us in the form of the Spirit. It's not you can use the three interchangeably. So you can say Jesus created everything. Now He did. He, God. The Father created everything through Jesus. All three were present at creation. All three are present at redemption. Remember, Jesus cries up to his Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Holy Spirit was there too. And the centurion looks up and says, Oh, this was the Son of God. Only the Spirit could open the eyes of his heart and see that. John has several places in the Upper Room Discourse where Jesus tells his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking plainly to them in this section. He says, I will ask my Father. There's a son asking the Father. He will give you another helper that he may be with you. That is the Spirit of truth. Without the Spirit, we don't know truth. Look at the world. Everybody's fighting over what's fake and what's not. My, my news is fake. No, my news is... You know, well, your news is fake. My news is real. Every, back and forth, everything. Jesus said, without the Spirit, nobody knows truth. We may know little truths about things that are happening. We don't know the big truth. That's why so many people out there deny Christ. Deny God. Deny the existence of, of God. He is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot Receive The unbelieving world cannot receive him. 
because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. At the time Jesus was speaking, they hadn't received the Holy Spirit in them yet. But, he says, the Holy Spirit has been with you the whole time. Just outside of you. Nudging and making sure you understand. And you get it. He's a spirit of truth. Lower, lower down in that same passage, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, once you have the Trinity again working, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So, we go... Uh, Sometimes we look at the, the complexity of the Gospels and we go, how do they remember all that? Jesus just told them. When you get the Spirit, He's going to let you remember everything so that you can write it down. He's also going to let you be able to preach the Gospel. I mean, I can't be doing this right now without the Spirit helping me. I'd be... I, I used to hate speaking in public. <laughs> but, but every week, as I'm working this out, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to preach, I'm like, I can't do this. This is, this is totally inadequate. And yet, I'll listen to the recording later, and I'm like, okay, that was a keen observation. <laughs> it wasn't me! <laughs> On the very next page... Jesus says, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. Once again, see, you see how he mixes it up a little bit? He said the Father's going to send. And then Jesus says, I'm going to send you from the Father. The Helper, that is the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me. And you will testify too, because you will have been with me from the beginning. With the Spirit, we'll get this. The Spirit helps us understand this about Jesus, who Jesus is. And then, with the Spirit, we're able to share Jesus with others. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. This seems to be a sermon about the Holy Spirit. It's about the Trinity, but it's showing that the Holy Spirit is necessary. Without the Holy Spirit and without Christ, we have Allah, essentially. A, a God who could, just on, on having a bad day, decide, eh, I'm not going to save that person. The, the poor Muslims will worship this God and do all the jump through all the hoops that are required and then at the end of the day still not know if God will decide to save them or not. Because there's no Redeemer. There's no Son to come and save the world from sin. There's only the Father who just capriciously decides. With a son, you then have a redeemer. Okay, some people are saved now. God has decided to save some of fallen humanity. Without the spirit, we don't know who he's going to save and who he's not. 
So you kind of end up in the same place. You know that God has created a solution, but you don't know whether it applies to you or not. Then we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us when we read Scripture and he tells us the truth, whether we're redeemed or not. You need all three of the Trinity, otherwise you're, you're hopeless. So he comes, the Holy Spirit comes, convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's essentially the gospel in a nutshell. The gospel doesn't make sense unless you can convince the people that they're sinners. If, if that's, one of the, that's the biggest hurdle in our day and age right now. Nobody believes they're a sinner. And the evidence is way, is just overwhelming. People sin like they breathe. Every, every little thing. But the Holy Spirit is necessary to convict the world of sin. And then the second thing is righteousness. There's where the Son comes in, in the Trinity. The Holy Spirit's still there. He convicts the world of sin, and then he says, there's a solution. He gives us the answer to the problem. We need a Redeemer. We need someone. We need God, because it can't just be another person, because they have to worry about their own sin. Jesus is without sin. He's God. He can then come and save us from our sin. I think it was Anselm. I might be wrong, but I think it was Anselm that said, if, if humanity is pinned under an I-beam, or they didn't have I-beams back then, it would be a, a, a huge rock or a stone in, in the year 1000. One of the people under the rock can't lift the rock off everybody. You need to have someone that's not under the rock to come get a crowbar or whatever and lift it up. If you're under the rock, you can't get it. Somebody without sin, that's the only possible way to get sin off of the people. So, this, so the Spirit convicts the world of sin reveals a righteous solution to sin and then informs us that there is a day of judgment to come in which all bets are off. What side are you on? You have your, you have your life until your death to take sides in this problem. Are you going to choose choose to just practice sin and live a life of sin or are you going to choose the righteous solution and then the father now he's in here the father then declares to the son it's over time's up go down and start judgment the holy spirit convicts the world of that too there's the Trinity working in ultimate salvation. Last thing was the reading that Larry read to us. 
how do we know that the Holy Spirit is applying salvation to us? Without the Holy Spirit in us, we don't have the Son. Without the Son, you don't have the Father. The two sides, the side of the flesh, the side of the spirit. Which side are you on? The flesh sets the desire, sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. What are the fruits that you are producing in life? The deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Oh dear. Falling under some of these. (laughs) Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Notice the word practice. I use this in my Bible study, this analogy. Like a doctor practices medicine. Your life is practicing these things. You are on the side of the flesh. You will stumble into sin. And Jesus says through John, if you say you never stumble into sin, you're a liar. Practicing sin and stumbling into sin are two different things. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Not just arbitrary feel-good love. As Christ says, love one another as I loved you. That means being willing to lay down your life for others. That's the kind of love he's talking about. Love, joy. Obviously, we are to be happy, but sometimes we can be sad. Joy in suffering is an important aspect of that because the Christian life is suffering. So having joy in suffering is important. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those seem pretty... That seems like a pretty stark contrast, doesn't it? And I know we stumbled into some of that previous list. And then the second list, we're trying so hard to keep it. But the Holy Spirit will help us keep that second list. Kindness, gentleness, love of neighbor, joy in suffering. If we have those fruits, we know we have the Spirit. If we have the Spirit, we know we have the Son. If we have the Son, we know how we have the Father. That means we have the Trinity. 
Ta-da. So I put up this banner today. It's supposed to be white, but I chose green because there, the Trinity. And there's us. And we'll know we're saved for the wrath to come. Amen. Please stand.